the fucking city girls. <laughs> the city girls. The city girls. Yeah. The big wasn't the like the, the best rapper in that group in jail for like most of their run? Like what what are you what are you talking about? Yo, it's good as your boy Southbury706, the Mandalorian on Twitter. This is Committee Podcast. And of course, it's Black History Month. So I want to shout out one of our uh, future Black History legends that should be written about in the in the in the annals of history. Uh, college kid tweeted out Master P is a rapper, actor, former NBA player, food distributor, shoe designer, filmmaker, investor, author, philanthropist, label founder, record producer with $200 million network. This man lived 100 men's dreams in one lifetime. Celebrate this man. He is black history. Shout out to Master P. Like, if he was around during the Master P No Limit run, like, those, those cats were pioneers in the sense that they he put in work. They were dropping albums. They were dropping albums like hotcakes. And they kind of popularized, like, the, uh, I don't know what kind of style those album covers were, but people kind of try to remake them nowadays. It was definitely unique. Uh, representing the uh, New Orleans, so shout out to Master Pete, uh, Black History Maven. But, um, also, shout out to y'all folks that are watching the MAGA XL, XFL, or whatever it's called. I'm, I'm very disgusted. Uh, this dude, the homie, uh, at, I think it's at, no, not him. This, this one dude I was talking to on Twitter, we, we've talked about some stuff before, and again, this is not a m- malicious, uh, you know, malicious comment, but I didn't know y'all were so thirsty for poverty football. Like, if y'all watched the last listed last episode of the committee podcast, I clearly said I am not watching this. I didn't watch the AFL. I'm not watching this. I don't even barely watch college football. If it's not like Alabama or something like that, so there, there's no way that you're gonna catch you watching XFL. Like, if you do, you know, God bless. But like, the dude essentially said I was lying, and then as soon as I see clips on Twitter, I'm just gonna start watching them. Like, nah. It's not how my life works. I'm not. I'm not a Twitter sheep. Like there's people like, oh, should I pick a team? Is it good? Should I watch it? If you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, don't. Like spend time with your family, dog. Like I don't. Like when do you take a break from football? Because the XFL probably ends like near the draft and the start of the season. Like when does it stop? Like relax. Like y'all can y'all can go a couple hours without football, but you know, that's my take on that. But shout out to the homie. Yeah, I got time to be watching uh, semi-pro football. Yeah, and I think Adolph is uh, added me on Twitter to talk about Cordero Joes or whatever his name was, like, completed two passes and fans are chanting MVP. <laughs> and proceeded to throw, like, seven passes straight to the dirt. Like, this is what y'all spend y'all's time watching? Like, what is going on? All right, man. I don't know. I don't know. Then nah. they talked about uh, your boy Aaron Murray or Aaron Murray. Yeah, from the University of Georgia. Hey, man, two. What I did see the highlight of one of them picks. It was nobody in the area. Like he threw it in a triple coverage. Of nobody. <laughs> like, what is this? A gag league or or like? Saying, like, if these cats can't be dishwormers in the NFL, like, why would I spend my time watching them play? Like, you no, know what? Man. Shout out to El Breezy nine hundred four because he called me. And as soon as I figured out that he was watching the, the games and wanted to talk about it, I hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wasting my time with the XFL. 
So the homie, his name is Mr. Dewar, J underscore four short, said, y'all know good away I go watch the XFL games. I captain. We was watching the AF, and that was super mid. I was like, nope. And he was like, cap. I'm like, bruh, no, man. I'm not a football junkie. Shout out to homie eight ball. He He's watching it. He's like, you know, I was still watching. I'm like, okay, I mean, that's your choice. And, and the homie uh, Gator Great, uh, he was like, oh, I'm a football snob. I'm like, I, if that's how you want to characterize it, but I, I don't want to watch bad football. I got other things to do in my life. But I'm a football. Anyway. I'm not watching Big Twelve football. Sorry, not doing it. Yeah, I mean, if I was like a degenerate gambler or something like that, and I think probably mostly people are that keeps them entertained with that stuff. But anyway, we spent way more time than that. We should have. The real reason to hear is to talk about some music. So it has recently been the ten year anniversary of a couple albums that have come out. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit of Lil Wayne, some Nicki Minaj, and everybody's favorite new uh, gospel rapper, Kanye West. So we'll let Marcus uh, lead off with this. All right. So I, I recently ran back I Am Not a Human Human Being by Lil Wayne. Uh, I honestly didn't really think about it until uh, last week when we were talking about a funeral by Lil Wayne. And I was like, let me go back and see, because I was like, why is Lil Wayne still making these long ass albums? So I went and tried to compare like how long his previous albums were. Then I came up upon this and I was like, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember these songs. How did these songs go? And I was like, is this, is this the rock album that he did? And then I, uh, I listened to it and I was like, this is, this is pretty good. This is a good ass album right here. Like why, why is this not mentioned with all of his, uh, his better projects? And I, 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 listen to it and then um it, it came up that it was coming up on 10 years so i was like well this is a, a perfect time to talk about it and this just goes to show that like how this album kind of showed the versatility of lil wayne because there there are some uh some rock song rock and roll like songs and um sounds and stuff on there which when you listen to it it doesn't sound like crazy like his voice with those guitars and you know heavy drums it, it, it makes sense and it sounds great and i was i was talking to someone about this i was like if you compare how long lil wayne has been rapping professionally i don't think anybody has had like a better better career as far as like consistency and and rapping at a high level like and you can compare that to like any genres like the only person that would probably be up there is michael jackson because he started in the jackson five at a really young age but lil wayne has been rapping at a pretty high level since he came out at what 15 or 16 with the hot boys and now he just 13. how how old was he 13 13 so that's even even longer like people aren't rapping that long at that high of a level like Lil bow wow came out when he was younger but he wasn't writing his raps like snoop dogg was writing those songs so you you can only give back give bow wow so much credit um i think uh one of the reasons why i didn't really remember this album or, or really i guess gravitate towards it at the time because it it came out at a weird, not a weird time, but kind of a, a strange space in Lil Wayne's career. Like this album came out while he was in jail. So you don't really get that Wayne promo. You don't really get him out there pushing the album. And it was stuck between the middle of 
uh, Drake's debut album and Nicki Minaj's debut album. Like those are on both sides of it. And then you also have uh, My Dark Twisted, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy also came out that same year. So this album just kind of got lost in the shuffle. But it, it's one of those albums like when you go back and look through it and listen to it and you're just like, man, this album is kind of underrated. Like this should be mentioned with, you know, the Carters and uh, yeah, I just say the Carters because that's pretty much the, the high point of Lil Wayne as far as his albums goes. And, and it kind of does sound like a, uh, a mixtape to me. It's just Lil Wayne giving you bars after bars after bars. And I, you really, I, listening to it now, I, I understand why he did it, but he really pushed the Drake feature. Like Drake is on a lot of songs. Yeah, and I understand it because. You know, that's your artist. That's like your, not the first artist he signed, but that's a, that's a big deal. And he really tried to push Drake onto the mainstream. And obviously it worked because Drake is the biggest uh, rap star right now. And and I do feel like he, uh, I do feel like, well, maybe we'll talk about it when we talk about Pink Friday, but I do feel like he dropped the ball by not having uh, a Nicki Minaj verse until you get to the bonus tracks. But Outside of that, it, it's still, I think it holds up. Like Lil Wayne, he, he's one of the, the great rappers that we have out here, and he's still able to put out music at a high level. So, you know, you can't do nothing but respect that. Yeah, this album came out after the rebirth, which when I went to re-listen to it, that's what I thought the album I was going to be listening to, and I was really about to slander him on this podcast because the rebirth is garbage. Um but yeah, it, it did come out as kind of sandwiched in between. So probably people were like, you know what? After the rebirth, I'm not, I'm not really checking for Little Wayne right now. So I, I can see why that that happened. But as I ran it back, I'm like, yeah, this is par for the course for Little Wayne. Um, I don't know why the whatever the funeral wasn't like this because I mean, all he had to do was follow this same formula. And with the work ethic that he has, that Drake claims is the hardest work ethic that he's probably ever seen or that ever has been like show business, which is completely foolish and absurd. But with that type of work ethic that he says he has, he could have easily threw together some songs kind of with some more modern beats or with his own flow instead of trying to use the flow of the young people and the cadences that the younger rappers are using, which kind of, again, turned me off to that album. So I'm like, yo, you little Wayne, you don't really need to do that. Just, just give us people, give us people the mixtape wheezy, as they say, and you're fine. Like that's, you give us throwaway mixtape songs, we'd be good. But whatever the funeral was, was, was not great, and I don't think history will look back uh, fondly upon that. But yeah, definitely, if you haven't listened to "I'm Not a Human Being" recently, definitely go back and check it out. I mean, it's it's even for even just to listen to how Drake sounded when he first come out, you could tell he's definitely evolved and grown as an artist. Yes. So just just for that simple fact, I would check check that out. You know, give it give it a spin. Give him a give him like twenty five cent worth of a stream or something like that on the title. You know, saying it's Black History Month. And I will you know, say, not, not like on title, that shit is cheap. But <clears throat> not the troubles. I would definitely say that with this album uh, one of my favorite Lil Wayne songs period is on this album that's I'm single that shit was always dope so but outside oh, that of that is, hmm? that shit is fire I had it yeah. that shit back in the, in the, in the old link dog. Yeah, I, I, I like that song a lot 
outside of that, I mean, I don't know. Like between those two albums, once again, I thought it was going to be the rebirth as well. That's why I was so adamant about not wanting to listen to shit again. <laughs> I was going to call you and tell you, like, yeah, this is the rock and roll album, right? Because I was yeah, like, like I at was... first I, I was confused and I was like, wait a minute, I think that's a rock and roll album. I still didn't really listen to it like that, but I mean, at that time, that was to me when Wayne started to sort of fizzle out after the jail stuff. I mean, but that's just my own personal opinion. I, I might run this back. I, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it's it's tough. It's it's just really tough to want to listen to Lil Wayne, honestly. Shout out to my childhood. Yeah, my my personal favorite Lil Wayne album is Lights Out. So, shout out to drug dealer, drug dealer teenager Lil Wayne. That that was a disrespectful character. But if you want to listen to Lil Wayne's growth as an artist, go listen to Lights Out. He was talking about some some wild stuff. <laughs> Oh yeah, Wayne's been this out. Night, this night, you tripping? It had me dying, man. Like, yo, but shout out to Manny Fresh. He, he had a lot of great, great beats in that on that album as well. But uh, moving on to Pink Friday, um, I think it was last year that I ran it back. I don't know if there was. I don't know if there's another one of those conversations on Twitter about you know black artists or women rappers, something like that. Or I don't know. I think I was on my. Uh, kick of going through people's discography so i ran it back and i was like and people might think this is blasphemous but i i think it's pretty close to a classic album it's got a lot of hits on there it was pretty cohesive project like i was listening to it like damn this is kind of good like oh look another hit another hit another hit another hit i'm like i I don't know what what more do you have to do as an artist to be considered a classic oh so but yeah I, I, and you know what? I think the reason I listened to it is because that's when uh, Garbage Ass Pitchfork, I think, rated Cardi B's debut album over that. So I had to go back and listen to Pink Friday. I'm like, eh, I, I don't know about that. But they also rated Cardi B's first album over Jay-Z's first album. So that already tells you everything you know about uh, hashtag Ditchfork. So. But yeah, what what are you guys' uh, your thoughts on the album and Nicki Minaj? I know there's been a whole little Nicki Minaj Meek Mill thing that went on recently, and uh, apparently people on Twitter think Cardi B retired, or I'm sorry, Nicki Minaj retired because she can handle the competition of the great women rappers such as the City Girls and Cardi B. And I was just I was very confused, like the the fucking City Girls, <laughs> the City Girls, the City Girls. Yeah, look at the like the the best rapper in that group in jail for like most of their run. Like, what, what are you what are you talking about? Like, I think Twitter is a wild place, man. That's lyrical all I'm saying. Geniuses, lyrical geniuses, the city girls. You know, give me one city girl. Somebody listen to this. At me, out South Reset says, give me one hot city bar, city girl, whatever the fuck the name is, bar. Everybody except triples. <laughs> give, me, give me give me some city girls bars because I'm I'm confused where you would. Think that. Two bad bitches and they kissing in a rave, kissing, kissing in a rave, right? I, I left my black card on the code of the safe. Stripes on my ass, so he called it pussy ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, she, she had to she had to exit the rack game after selling a gazillion a gazillion albums. Shut the block down with their fucking bars. Like, come on. Nicki Minaj has been on songs with Eminem, Rick Ross, Jay Z, Kanye West, Two Chains, Nas, The Game, uh, Eminem, 
Ludacris, Sean, uh, 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 Shauna, uh, Trina, but City Girls got her out the paint. Got it. City Girls who don't write their own raps, by the way. Got her out the, got her out the paint. Well, hold on. Let me, so this is look. So this dude, <laughs> his name is uh, at Dread underscore Head underscore Quiz. I think he's uh, whatever. He posted a picture. His name is Redhead Quez. Let's just get it. Okay. He said Nikki only retired because of all the female rapping competition. And I was like, huh? I was like, who's the competition? And the homie B17 Bomber said she could barely handle Cardi B. I was like, huh? And he said, LMAO, don't be a fool. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, like, his response was, Oh, what did he say? It was it that nigga said, "Don't be a fool." Oh my god! Okay, no, you you know what I'm talking about. He was like, "Oh, let me find this dog." He was talking about some wild shit. Like his response made no sense, dog. Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me pull up this. Talk real quick while I find this this tweet this gentleman sent. But how do you say "Don't be a fool"? I mean, at the end of the day, just getting back to the album Pink Friday. Now, I this is this is a, a drop that I remember when it came out. Like. All of the girls were ready for this one. It was super hyped. Like, and I mean, I remember at this point, I think my car broke down uh, that I bought from South Breeze. So it was in the shops. I was bumming rides with women. And it's like they would play this. Every one of them would just play this album nonstop to and from work to where they literally played it to death. But I mean, to me, by far from what I've heard of her work, this is by far her best project. Like, this is, if you, Pink Friday is her best project, period. Okay. Well, well, pause on that point. So this is what he said. I said, what is the logic behind the tweet? I don't understand. And Dreadhead Quez responded, LOL, you don't have to, and you won't if you explain it. You've made your mind up. (laughs) So... <laughs> oh, no. You have to, and you won't. If I explain it, you made your mind up. Like, what does that mean? Like, how do you how do you make a take? <laughs> Don't give any logic behind it. But then your logic is that if you explain it, then I've already made my mind up, and that I know. It. I don't. I don't know, man. My head hurt after reading that shit. I've read that like when it when it was going on. And I just was like, wow, you know, my, my dude was just trying to ask a question for the logic. His mind wasn't made up. Like, what are you talking about? Dude? Yeah, for the record, I'm not a, like, Cardi B stan or Nicki stan. I was just like, I, but I know who can rap better. I know that. Like, I, we all know that. So it's it's not even about that. But and the, and the worst part about this is that just overall talking about black women, black rappers, you know, it's Black History Month, you know what I'm saying? Blackity, blackity, blackity. Um, yeah, there was a whole wave, like a time period last year, where people fake cared about women rappers. You know what I'm saying? And and this dude named two people named Cardi B as her competition. I'm like, dog, can you name any other women rappers besides Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? Right? Probably not, because if you could, you would know there were much better rappers and much better quote unquote competition than the fucking City Girls and Cardi B. Like, that's just like saying Michael Jordan retired because these new guys came to league. Like, when you're successful, when you've dominated your craft, rapping with, again, high-level rappers and kind of bodying some of them on their verses and their own songs, like, 
you can retire. She's 35. Do we expect her to rap forever? Like, yeah, Michael Jordan, like, he retired because of Harold Minor. Yeah, yeah you know too. can you put out a second album, Cardi B? Can, you know what I'm saying? Before we, cry, you know, it's not like, come on, anywho, back to Pink Friday. He's ready for it. He's ready for it. I, I didn't even click on that link. You said, <laughs> I don't even know what she was talking about. After I seen her rapping with Vienna sausages in the background, I was, I was already, <laughs> I was cooked out. I'm good. Oh, no, yeah. But real quick, I forget, shout out to the homegirl, Alicia Too Cute. She's a uh, a huge barb. Uh, she, she's uh, in Jamaica. Shout out to our listeners in Jamaica. I had to clown her because I was like, yo, have you heard the new Nikki single? She's like, no. And I'm like, why not? She was like, yo, the Wi-Fi's out. And I was like, well, if you were a real barb, you'd go, you know, steal some Wi-Fi. That's no, true. no, she said, no, no, she said, ah, oh, shit, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah, she was, she was faking the funk, but shout out to her. Um, but I was kind of roasting her low key because she didn't hear the single, and she's like the biggest Nicki Minaj fan. Um, no, no, it's okay. Here's the exchange. She said, hey, how you like? I said, hey, how you like new Nicki song? She said, uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I said, fake Barb. I said. She said, I don't have Wi-Fi. I said, a real barb would steal Wi-Fi to support the queen. She said, my neighborhood don't even have electricity. I said, a true barb would go straight Dr. Stone, which is a great anime you should watch, yeah. and create a generator to make electricity <laughs> to support the queen. <laughs> she was like, you're going too far. But anyway, shout out to her. But back to Pink Friday that we've uh, departed from many times. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've gone off the rails a little bit. Uh, I know for me, I was... I was anticipating this album, like my my homegirl at the time. Oh, she's not not at the time. She's still my homegirl, whatever. But she put me on to Nicki Minaj, and and she put me on to her uh, mixtape. I think it was it was either "Beat Me Up, Scotty" or the uh, um, "Playtime Is Over." It was one of those two, and I listened to it, and I was like, "Wow, she can rap! Like she's out here really, really rapping." And then she had a run of features, like you know. She was on a lot of Gucci Mane songs. She was on. Mm. <laughs> I bet she was. Yeah, yeah. We you get off together. <laughs> she was on uh, like a Ludacris song. She was she was on like a lot of a lot of really good songs. She had a couple pop features, which was fine, and I understood that. And but I was just like, yo, man, she's out here really rapping. Like she's got bars. Like I get this. Like I see what's I see the potential in her as an artist and as a rapper. And then Pink Friday came out and. For me, at that time, Pink Pink Friday was Iron Man 3. And I call it Iron Man 3 because Iron Man 3 came out after the Avengers, the, or the first Avengers. And at that time, that was probably the best superhero movie ever made at that time. Iron Man was in there kicking ass, doing all the cool shit. Everything was awesome. And then you're like, all right. After that, we got Iron Man 3 coming out. He's going to be facing against the, the Mandarin. The Mandarin's this badass character. He's, like, killing the president. He's doing all kinds of wild shit. It's going to be crazy. And then Iron Man 3 comes out, and the Mandarin is a fake actor. Sorry if you haven't seen this 20-year-old movie. I'm sorry if I spoiled that for you. But the Mandarin is literally just a guy who's pretending to be a bad guy. And Iron Man 3 was kind of a flop, and I didn't enjoy it. And that's kind of how I felt about Pink Friday. Now, and, and I put this on Twitter. I said, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of issues that I have with Pink Friday. And and the main issue that I don't have, one of, one of the things that's not an issue is the rapping. The rapping on every song is up, is up to par. Like, there's no 
bad raps on this album. The production, in my opinion, could have been a lot better. It was a little too poppy in some spots. It just didn't feel, it wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, I thought some of the features, like the, the check it out with Will I Am, like put that shit in a blender. Like, get that the fuck out of here. That song is terrible. Uh, I felt like they had a little bit too many. There was a little too much redundancy at the beginning. Because you, you come out with I'm the best. And I'm like, all right, I get that. And then you come out with Roman's Revenge with Eminem. And I'm like, all right, here we go. We're gaining some steam. You get didn on them. You're like, all right, cool. And now you get right through me, fly with Rihanna, save me, moment for life, and then check it out. That's like five slow songs in a row that it's just like, <laughs> you got to mix that up a little bit. And then well, but but you see Blazing next. Blazing's after that. So, like, you kind of save it at that. But out of those five songs, you need to drop, like, two or three of those. Two or three of those need to go. Like, you can't. Yeah, nope. nope. All five of those songs that you named were all, were five out of her eight singles for the yeah. album. <laughs> so, and and, and this, is, this isn't me saying that the song's. Three times platinum album. So, or, yeah, I think, yeah, three times platinum. So, and this, this isn't, this isn't me saying that these songs are bad. Like I said, the raps are all high-level raps. But it's too redundant when you have songs like that back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Like, move one or two of those things out of here. We don't need... Like, I would, I suggest take Save Me off of there. Like, Leave Fly, Right Through Me, you can leave that. Moment for Life, you can leave that. Check it out. Take that out. So check it out. Take it out. Save Me. Take it out. I think Dear Old Nikki, I think that's a song that you save for your second album. Like, you don't, you don't rap about how... Oh, I've gone mainstream. I've already gone pop. I'm, I've already turned my back on who I already am. I don't feel like you do that on your first album. So I would have taken that song off of there. Uh, the Natasha, whoever on that on that last chance song, take that out. I think I take Super Bass off of there too. And I understand Super Bass was like a big, that's like her biggest hit to date. But I and I under I understand why they had that. I understand why they put that on there because that song is going to get you. You're going to get fans that Lil Wayne cannot get, that Drake cannot get. Nobody can get the fans that Nicki Minaj can get with songs like Super Bass and uh, like Right Through Me. There's there's a certain pocket of people that will live and die with Nicki Minaj, and she's the only one that can get it. And I, I was going, going back and forth with like a Barb who had a burner account, and I thought I was going to get flamed, but she was actually, or he or she, was actually pretty civil about it and we were able to talk about it and I was I said like hey Nicki Minaj if 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 we look at it she's probably the most versatile artist of all time with the different styles and flows and genres she can go into but I just felt like uh Lil Wayne and his label they just didn't know what to do with her because she can do so much you know so it's like you're trying to figure it out as you go. And then like Lil Wayne's going to jail. And then now you got Drake coming up also. And there's just a lot going on. And I just, you know, I just feel like the whole, like, I, I feel like I've said it before with the young money, cash money. Like they just, they need better people around there picking the beats and saying no to certain songs. Like every, every song doesn't need to be on an album. Like some songs you just got to, suck it up, put it on the chopping block, and just move on. But it's it's a really good album. Like, looking back on it, it still holds up. And I just think that uh, 
people don't people don't respect Nicki Minaj as a rapper, and I and it might have something to do with you know the outside things, the the off the off the court quote unquote issues that she has, or Twitter rants, or her Queen Radio stuff. But if you just stick, if you just listen to the music, listen to the to the lyrics, it's hard to deny her as a rapper. And if you go from Pink Friday to Pink Friday Roman Reloaded to the Pink Print to Queen, she has gradually gotten better as a rapper, as an artist, with every project. And she's never, and I'll say it again, she's never been on a feature where I said, wow, she got outclassed and outrapped. And I've never, there's never been a moment where I'm like, you know what? Nikki should have sat that one out. She didn't deserve to be on that song. I've never said that about her. And she's rapped with some of the greatest rappers ever. Yes. So shout out to Nicki Minaj. Uh, if if you can't, I don't know, man. Go go learn some new women rappers, man. Go check out Dreezy. Go check out uh what Cash Doll. Doja Cat. Uh, who? Doja, do- wow, wow. Yeah, Dojo, Dojo Cat, I haven't listened to her music yet. Yeah, um, she's still out here. <laughs> oh, Young Baby Tate, shout out to her. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But definitely, definitely check out some Rhapsody. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like Treasy. Um, but yeah. But Reason speaking about Nicki Minaj and how that she has been on songs with the, the top tier upper echelon rappers in the game, another album that we can all relate to um is my dark my beautiful dark sister fantasy that was released also in 2010 um she was featured on the song monster and arguably had the best verse on the song probably one of the better verses on the album for being fair so um my beautiful Dark Sister fantasy was uh what people would say is kanye west's probably his best album i guess probably a culmination of his his talent and skills uh rapping and producing um I can't find too many people that have bad things to say about this album. And if you do, you probably, I can't take your opinion seriously about music, but uh, what were you guys' thoughts and reactions when that album came out? And I know there's an interesting question from Def Jam that we'll try to answer at the end of the podcast is if you could only listen to one Kanye West song for the rest of your life, what would you pick? But uh, Mr. Savage, what are your thoughts on uh, Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twist Fantasy? All right, so this is probably between this and graduation are definitely going to be my favorite Kanye West projects. Uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. You can you can just let this album roll like it's it's one of those rarities that you could. Oh shit, my bad, I cut it on on accident. Um, you can actually, bad. yeah, we are. Uh, so you can actually just let this roll straight through. The only. It's only a small portion of one song that I don't like, and that's uh, number six, Monster, Rick Ross's verse. I just have never been a fan. I don't know why it's so short for his talent, because he then came back on Devil in a New Dress, which is one of my favorite tracks uh, ever by Kanye West, and he ripped it. Um, Run Away, I mean, at first, that was like one of my least favorite songs on the album. At over time, that's a beautiful song. Uh, I like even remember when they had the uh, the movie to the album too. Like it was like a forty five minute movie. Did yeah. anybody see that? I know you yeah, didn't I, see that, South Breeze. But I've, I've, I've never, I've never, I've never seen it before. It's actually, that, really, I, it's actually really artistic. I need to watch it. Yeah, I, need to watch it. I just, I yeah, 
It's 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 super. It's it's very well done. And it's like visually stimulating. It's a very. It's a, it's yeah, a it like is. For, not even like for a rapper, like for someone that makes movies that likes movies. It's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, if it came out as a movie, it would be dope. Like it, it was dope too. Uh, like I said, this is one of to me best overall projects. Uh, definitely the last really great Kanye West album throwing through to me. Um, my only issue with other people is I kind of feel like some people after 808s and Heartbreak, a lot of people had already kind of kicked Kanye to the curb. So a lot of people that I know personally, they really didn't give this album a chance. But like I said, this album has so many bangers on it, like all up and down. I think we've actually talked about it before. Um, Like I said, some of this stuff on the album are mainstays in my actual playlist, like uh, Hell of a Life, uh, Blame Game. Lost in the world when I'm when I'm on the treadmill. Who will survive in America? Like monster, all of the lights, even the interlude to it. Power, like these songs are mainstays on my playlist. So I, I think this is one of the greatest Kanye West albums of all time. That is my thoughts on this album. Uh, I would say it is it is uh, Kanye's best album when you think about like production uh, structure like sequencing features like everything about this album is like damn near perfect like there's there's not much that you can say negative about this album like i'm not i won't say it's my favorite kanye kanye west album but it's definitely the best like and and i I feel like people will look at this album and you know point to this as as to why you know kanye west isn't like a goat because he had so many people involved with this album but i remember him talking about like you know him saying why did you have so many you know extra people producing on the song why did you have so many features why did you have so many writers why did so many people get credited on this and he was saying like for him to be legendary for him to you know get those grammys and to get these awards like he saw what uh like when Adele is winning, you know, album of the year at the Grammys or Taylor Swift or whoever, and all these people are walking up to get that award because so many people had to contribute to make that album great. And he was like, do I want to just continue to be the only person involved in my albums and my projects and to, you know, you know, make good albums, but do I want to make legendary albums? Do I want to make something like Purple Rain? Do I want to make something like uh, Off the Wall? Do I want to make something like uh, Songs in the Key of Life? Do I want to make an album that lasts a lifetime? And he realized, he put, I don't want to say he put his ego to the side, but he realized like, hey, I need other great people to work with me on these albums if I want to make something legendary, something that'll last forever. And that's what he did with this album. Like Some people will say that this is the best rap album of all time and that it's like a top 10 album ever created. Like it's that good and it's that well received. So, I mean... And it, I mean, it's it's thirteen songs, and who will survive in America is a like a it's not an interlude, but it's just like an end. It's like a little. It's not even a song. So, it's it's one of the yeah. best albums he's ever done. It, well, it is the best he's ever done. Everything worked. Well, we need to. I need to relook up some of these lists because I know there's some lists that will put a beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I don't know if it they put in the top ten rap albums, but like you said, it could be considered one of the top 
albums, period. But usually these lists will have like the Beatles six times for no yeah. reason. So no. <laughs> need to, I mean, we need to review that list a little bit. But to, to Marx's point about, you know, having a lot of people work them, one of the uh, moments where he did that was on All the Lights. And if you yes. if you got a good ear, if you listen, you can hear some of these people in there. But it features traditional vocals from Rihanna, Kid Cudi, Tony Williams, The Dream, Charlie Wilson, John Legend, Ella Jackson of LaRue, Alicia Keys, Elton John, Fergie, Ryan Leslie, Drake, Alvin Fields, and Ken Lewis. That's that's an impressive uh, run of that's people. Just, so. That's just on one song. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's and insane. it works. Like, I think the the people I can hear most background vocalists in my head is Alicia Keys, Elton John, The Dream. I hear Rihanna. Yeah, I know. Well, but she's Rihanna, on the hook. Rihanna and Fergie. Well, um, yeah, well, Rihanna's got a more pronounced, I guess, solo background vocals, if that makes sense. For the video, she was the only, she was featured on there. Like, her okay. name was listed, I think, first. I have. I might have to go back and watch it again, but yeah, she was, she was listed on that for the video, at least. Yeah, and I, I was listening to the album again. I was tweeting about it. And um, on the blame game, I tweeted out, I don't have the tweet in front of me, I tweeted out something to the effect that uh, Drake could never put a funny spin on simping like like Kanye West did with the blame game, having Chris Rock talking about, you know what I'm saying, Yeezy top me, you know what I'm saying? Because that, that song is straight simping, if you really listen to it, but Yay could, you Yeezy know, spin that. Funny. The pussy. I was like, bro, it's like, yeah, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, he, he took a, a, a dark situation on a pretty dark album and like you brought in one of the greatest comedians of all time to kind of, you know, laugh at yourself. I mean, but there, Aubrey, can, Aubrey there, can never. There was some depth on that song, though. Like he was talking about some real shit, like about the relationship, like talking about like, I think she like, you know, talking to her brother, like where is she at? And then, you know, him saying like, you know, she's back on back snorting lines or something like that. Like it's it's. <laughs> It's some wild shit on that album and on that song. Like, I mean, Jay Z, Pusha T, Rick Ross, uh, Nicki Minaj, Kid Cudi, um, Raekwon. Like, there's a there's just a lot of great features. There's a lot of great songs, a lot of great production. Mike Dean crushed a lot of uh, the the live instrumentals. I mean, I. I I'm, I'm probably going to re-listen to it again tomorrow to see like what I could say about the album that's not good about it. But even if you look at the length of it, it's if you take off the the bonus song with See Me Now, like I think it comes in at under an hour. I think, or right at an hour. That That is a, a great song that I didn't know existed for a long time. It's called the album on Apple... I think on, uh, on iTunes because they don't actually have that bonus track on title. That's probably one of my my knocks on title, but whatever. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty cool song. It's interesting to hear uh, Beyonce on there talking some shit. But um, yeah, like again, Kanye West plays uh, attention to detail pretty well. I believe I read an article at some point that like the song Power, it took him like, and this is a wild number, I think, but. I think I said it took them like 5,000 man hours to get the claps right. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm just saying, but something that sounds simple to us, to a perfectionist, like, yo, nah, this clap ain't right. Run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that shows you 
that he really takes his craft seriously. And I can, I can respect that, even though, again, some people don't really respect his political views now. And it's, it's crazy. Again, this is Black History Month. Hopefully, when you're listening to this, a lot of people kind of definitely uh, did a 180 on Kanye West. And he kind of did a 180 himself. But I mean, I guess it's some sort of growth, you know, along with the his confirmed mental illnesses. But, you know, we, we all can't forget that Kanye West was the one to risk it all to go on live TV and say that George Bush doesn't care about black people. Like people forget that even happened. You know, episode we were talking about previously was talking about how black people's missteps are, you know, put on the forefront. But I mean, people should remember that and kind of champion it. Like, yo, he, he really did something that made white people uncomfortable. And that's a tough thing for celebrities and famous people to do. Even though now he's been wilding out. I mean, he hasn't been associated with the red hat for a while. Uh, he even says he doesn't vote, but, you know, shoot, shoot Kanye from bail. Shoot him from bail. For sure. They're going to constantly hold on to some of those erratic behaviors. Like, I, I know some white people that, that they still bring up the Taylor Swift thing. They just don't care. Like, all about that. That's crazy. Just. That and the Bush thing, and then with black people, now you got the Trump thing and other things, and then like a lot of the more hood black people didn't like the 808 stuff. So I love that album. I love that album so much. I do too. I don't see how people honestly can't like the album. Like for what it is, first of all, when it comes to auto tune outside of T Pain, that's the greatest auto tune album ever. It's a lot of different emotions that are going on there. The beats are fire. It's it's just a dope project. Like I don't I, see why people hate it. I, I think the reason why people don't really gravitate towards that album, and I think it applies to a lot of things that uh, fall under this category when it comes to like showing your emotions about things. Like when you listen to that album, if it, it, he's forcing you to look at him and see his vulnerable side and he's opening up to you and when an artist does that in music or writing or in movies it somewhat makes you look at yourself and look at how you feel and how and what you're going through in life and some and people don't want to do that nobody wants to look at their their vulnerable side they don't want to imagine the worst heartbreak they've ever dealt with so instead of acknowledging that and saying like, hey, I'm just not emotionally ready to listen to this. They just say, oh, that's trash. I don't like that album. I don't like that movie. I don't like the way it makes me feel because I don't want to look at myself and look at what I've been going through. So they just push that album off. And and that's why it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because that's why I feel like people are so easy to accept what Drake is doing when it comes to his vulnerable songs because it's all surface level. We can all like like we can all look at ourselves and be like, oh, well, you know, I like this girl for like two months and she curved me like, fuck that bitch. Like anybody can do that. But when we're talking about like true heartbreak, like I can't get off the couch for three days. Like I don't want to eat anything. I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody like that type of heartbreak. That's the stuff that we don't talk about. We don't want to acknowledge that stuff. And that's what great artists do when they're exposing themselves. Like anybody can talk about the girl that dumped him in high school. Anybody can talk about that. Anybody can talk about the Hooters waitress that didn't give you their number, like whatever. That's not, that's not real. That's not, that's not real. That's superficial for a 30 year old. 
This is a man that uses a different accent every week, but yeah. Okay, so they say Kanye West reportedly spent five thousand hours writing power. Jesus, that's crazy. Wasn't that it like a crazy. two minute song? The two and a half minutes. Hey, one of the shortest songs on the album. Hey man, this reporter spent five thousand hours. But then, I mean, if you think about it, like a lot of stuff that people get on Kanye West about, he's been saying a lot of this stuff, like a lot of stuff that we're seeing now, like he's kind of been talking to us about it. But I mean, they're saying he was talking about the United States, his mental health and his critics back in 2010. But now people were surprised when he does some crazy shit. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, if you haven't heard the Power Remix with Swiss Beats, that is also yeah. an excellent track. Yeah. I, I love that shit. Yeah, bang, so. too, right? I don't remember. It's been a while since I heard it. I think he's on yeah, that one. Definitely, definitely check out the Power Remix. Uh, Are we going to do our uh, the the one Kanye West song we have to listen to? Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. Oh. Uh, All right, it, so... Uh, I'd probably go with... Uh, huh. Being a prisoner of the moment, I listened to the song the other day after I listened to uh, My Beautiful Dark Sister's Fantasy. I'd either go with, uh, oh man, I got damn. So it's a three time. Yeah. It's, as of right now, I'd go with either Late, Ooh. No More Party in LA, or um, ah, Bound, pick bound, bound pick to Pick One. Uh, damn. I got my one. But late, that's late. that's pretty hard. I'm gonna go with late. I'm gonna go with late. I'm gonna go with late. <laughs> Only because no more parties in LA features Kendrick Lamar, so it's not a it doesn't it's not all yay. But late, late just vibes, man. Like you listen to that shit. That shit is timeless. And it's got relatable bars. Like that dude said, I'll be there in five minutes. Five hours later, I'll be there five I'll minutes. Like, five. <laughs> like people, people underrate Kanye West's like billion rap. Like it's not super lyrical miracle, you know what I'm saying, type rapping, but like he'd be having some bars, dog. Like Late that's registration. a simple bar, but it's very relatable. You know what I'm saying? Like late registration right. and watch the throw his ass off. And he watched Jay-Z and watched the throw. Like, no, no questions asked. That's a that's a Kanye album. <laughs> Damn. But yes, what are you guys' choices before we uh, get up on out of here? Uh, if, if I was to pick one song, it's it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's like a B-side song, but it's just, it's a song that's not on any of his albums. It's on the uh, the Man with the Iron Fist soundtrack. It's called White Dress. I don't think a lot of people have heard it because it doesn't really get a lot of, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's just him just rapping. And it's, it's, it's a relationship song and he's, you know, just rapping about stuff like that and there's no real chorus to it there's no hook it's just him just rapping for like three minutes about his lady and the production it's got like it's him and the rizza producing it and it's it's, mm. it's one of his best like just straight rapping songs that uh, i've ever heard and that song was so good that i made i made a playlist surrounding that song like everything that was kind of talked about in that song before, after, like it, a whole relationship is discussed in that song. And based off of that song, I made like a 11 song playlist with that song being the main one. And that's, I feel like that's, that's the song I would go with. And it's more so that other people will listen to it because I, I don't think a lot of people have heard it. 
I, I thought you were actually going to say uh, was another song that's not in the album. I didn't know where I heard this. I think it's back in like the Kazaa days. Um, I thought you were going to say Bittersweet with uh, John Le- John, Ooh, John I do like that one too. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, picked this, I picked the song that people could have uh, access to, I guess. I don't know if we could find that one. It's on YouTube. I liked uh, Mama's Boyfriend. That was a good song that never came out. So what I will choose, this is old school, second actual single. I go with All Falls Down. Mm. Like the song, like the video, simple, easy, relatable. I mean, a a part of me really did want to actually go with, uh, I really like Say You Will, too, uh, and Streetlights, but I'm going to go with All Falls Down. Like he did three videos for Jesus Walks, like three totally different videos. Like this man mm-hmm. is just a creative genius. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he did three videos for Heard Him Say too. I know he did. I know he did at least two. So yeah, I, he, I remember him doing two. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, let's see. Oh, so again, Black History Month. Shout out to Matthew Cherry. He won a Oscar for Best Animated Short for Hair Love. Um, I don't know if it's, I think if it is a short as they say, uh, I think I've seen this entire thing. It depicts a black father with his young daughter with wild ass hair having to take care of that. Um, That's a reality that, I don't know, I think that, well, I don't think, I know white people have no clue what black people do with their hair. Uh, because of some of the questions and some of the ways they act around, they just think we show up like this. Like they don't understand there's a process to even something simple as waves or something like that. But it, it is impressive, and it's pretty cool, you know, with the whole girl dad movement thing for something like that to win, showing like, hey, uh, what could be perceived as a tough black male, you know, being able to tame his young daughter's hair in a, a nice manner. So shout out to him. So you know, I want everything black to win. So. Uh, again, we appreciate everybody checking us out. Uh, definitely share with your friends, share with your family. This committee podcast, we out. Peace. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the thekidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bring in Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics as Usual, hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.